Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. Today we're talking about the thoughts that make you thin. There are literally a type of thought that will make you thin. And before we get to them though, we need to talk about the type of thought that will keep you overweight. And simply, it is thoughts that are problem oriented and you're probably addicted to these. So if you're watching this, you're, you're probably somewhat of a thinker and you've been struggling with your weight for a long time. And what you're constantly thinking about in terms of your weight is, why can I not lose the weight? Why can't I stick to a plan? Why do I keep overeating? Why do I keep eating the wrong foods, right? So what do all these questions have in common? They're all focused on the problem that you're experiencing. Now, I know what you think is you think you're going to have this cognitive breakthrough that's gonna change everything all of a sudden, but how long have you been focusing on the problem trying to figure it out? Right? A long time probably, probably decades. So the alternative, the thoughts that actually make you thin are thoughts that are solution oriented. The more you can shift your focus and your mental energy from focusing on the problem to focusing on the solutions, the faster and more dramatic your results will be. So what does solution oriented questions sound like? They sound like this. How can I lose weight easily and comfortably? How can I get myself to eat healthy food in an easy and automatic way? How can I make living at my goal weight one of the easiest and most enjoyable things I've ever done in my life? Now, I know you do not have the answers to these questions, but you're not asking these questions. And so you're never going to find these answers until you do. And so again, what you have to do is you have to give up almost your addiction to focusing on the problem, trying to figure it out. You have to let it go, relax, and begin focusing yourself on the solutions, on the experiences that you want to have, the strategies you want to live with. Because the more strategies you stack up, the more answers you have, the more solutions you have at your disposal, the easier it is to lose weight and then keep it off forever. This is the magic, the magic secret if there ever was one, is to begin focusing on the solutions and let go of the problems. And it's scary to do it first, I understand that. But if you just practice it for a day, it's quickly gonna turn into a week because it feels really good to start using all of your mental energy, all of your intelligence and all your brain power to finding solutions that are gonna serve you for the rest of your life, okay? So that's my challenge to you for the next day, for the next week for as long as you wanna go, is to start focusing more on the solutions to the challenges you have to losing the weight you want. And stay with it, okay? You may not come up with the answer right away, but if you consistently ask those solution-oriented questions day after day, you are going to start developing really elegant, customized solutions for you. And that's gonna make all the difference in the world. So I wish you the best with this. Uh, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. I have too many people on yet. Um, um, um. Yeah, here we are. It's kind of it's 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 kicking around quick. I feel like the holiday mode is kind of kicking in, right? Um, I don't know how you all are feeling. We got still. What is it? Two weeks? Is it two weeks? Yeah, two weeks away. Oh, I kind of feel it. Starting to get this other stress of getting gifts and the whole thing, right? But uh, how's everyone's eating doing? I know everyone's thinking about weight loss during during the holiday season. And I don't think you should necessarily, right? It's not always the right time to lose weight. I know that may sound strange um, coming from me, but I don't think it's always the right time to lose weight. I think there's there's good times and bad times. Now, I do think, shirt sticking on is bugging me. The, uh, I do think that you don't have to go crazy during the holidays, though. 
right? At least not too far ahead of time. So in Program Yourself Thin, we always call it the uh, minimize the damage strategy so that you are enjoying cookies, you're enjoying different holiday foods and eating a little bit more than you normally do, drink a little more than you normally do, but you're not going completely off the reservation, you know, so you're still staying on a little bit. And that way of going about it, I think is very, it, it's the right fit a lot of times for people. You know what I mean? How are you gonna be perfect with your eating, you know, during the holidays? So kind of not aiming at perfection, but aiming at not going, doing too much damage, it kind of feels right. You know, and once something feels right, that tends to improve your eating just because of that. You know, you ever think about that? But it's like, if we think about like, okay, it's the holidays and I want to still eat perfect. I want to diet, I'm going to do my, my carb free, whatever your, your strategy is. It's not just that it's as hard as it typically is, but now there's an increased anxiety and stress because you're thinking, oh, I've got to do this during the holidays. Right. And you're already stressed because the holidays are just a more stressful time because you've got more responsibilities. There's more you're doing more things out of your normal routine. You might be traveling, um, hosting people, getting gifts for people, decorating, you know, there's going to office parties. There's a lot of extra responsibilities and things you have to do during the holidays. So that increases the stress right there. And then when you add on top of that, that I'm going to try and eat perfect. Now you've added in more stress. And so not only is it kind of a challenge to be perfect regularly, but now it's a more stressful time. You know, now you're increasing the stress and the more stressed you are, typically the worse your eating is going to be. So uh, it, for the holidays, I think it's a great time. And I just put a session up for this. Actually, it was called uh, the Calm Holiday, Calm Holidays. Um, so if you if you make your goal not eating perfectly, but if you make your goal more I want to be more calm and relaxed during the holidays. A lot of times simultaneously what you're doing is you're helping your eating anyways. And so it's a fun time to experiment with that. And um, in the program, we talk about being all or something during the holidays so that not only are you, you know, you're almost shifting the focus off of food and you're putting it more into lifestyle habits, right? So um, you're, you're looking to as much as you can, get some extra sleep, you know, go to bed a little bit earlier, take some naps if you can. Um, make sure you're hydrating yourself proper. Take a little bit of time to relax, whatever that may mean for you. Taking a couple extra hot showers or baths, um, getting in the hot tub, whatever it may be for you that's relaxing, <coughs> um, do it and start to create that um, a more relaxing environment for yourself in a more relaxing holiday season. And then notice how that impacts your eating just automatically, you know? Um, instead of focusing on not eating any unhealthy food, focus on eating some healthy food, right? And see how that impacts you. So it's a good opportunity to kind of trial and error different things um, to see how they impact you. Because again, when we look at how you eat, what a lot of people will do is just look at the willpower to force themselves to eat a certain way. funny there's funny stuff going on here that's all <laughs> that was my train of thought but uh yeah so we're talking about the holidays and uh as i say it's an opportunity for you to experiment managing your weight and your health in a different way right so you know because there's a good chance you're, you're not even thinking about dieting right now right you're kind of kicking it off till the end of the year 
or the beginning of the year. And so that makes it the perfect opportunity to play around with a different method, you know? And uh, what you may find out is a method that's gonna serve you a lot better long-term, right? Uh, people tend to think about weight loss in this short-term time frame. I'm gonna diet until I lose the weight. But when you start extending that time frame, it's really important because it causes you to choose strategies that are sustainable. And you start taking that into account um, earlier on. Um, does this work with food addiction? Yeah, absolutely. Because what is food addiction? When you can't stop eating food, right? What is food addiction? I don't know. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think it is? I got my ideas of what a food addiction is. Um, but I think even when we say like, I'm a food addict, well, what does that mean? It is much like alcoholism. It's a bit like alcoholism. But, uh, but even alcoholism, let's go there, for example, right? Let's go to drug addiction, okay? Because I'm fascinated by addiction. And the thing I'm really fast, I used to love this show. It, used to, it was called Intervention. You ever watch this show? Um, but I'm just fascinated by addiction because we, we tend to look at addiction as people that are stuck in it. But what I'm fascinated by is the people that were drug addicts, that were alcohol addicts, food addicts, and they stopped being addicts or they stopped the addictive behavior, however we want to describe it. Um, some people maintain the identity of an addict and deal with the behavior, and some people transform their identity, okay? But regardless, uh, I find it fascinating, cigarette addicts, alcohol addicts, gambling addicts, food addicts, drug addicts that no longer do it. That's what I'm obsessed with. I'm fascinated by that. So how does someone go from being an addict to not being an addict anymore, right? Because the genetics are the same. A lot of times the environment's similar. So what changes? What changes when someone goes from being an active addict to being a reformed addict in, in defining that as they no longer do that addictive behavior? What's the difference? The behaviors are different, but what creates the change in the behavior? I would have to think, you, you would have to agree that it's, it's their mindset. They change the way they're thinking about things, right? And the thinking change leads to behavioral change where you have people that were hardcore drug, alcohol, cigarette, food, uh, name it, addict, and then they weren't. Now, I'm not saying it was just a simple flip of a switch, but what I'm saying is that something changed from one to the other. It's the same person. What's different? And I believe it's how they think about things. Yeah, compulsive eating, eating disorders is the same as other addictions. Exactly. Um, but we cannot say, <laughs> I don't think, you know, in most cases... Um, like a heroin addiction is not, you know, chemically the same as a food addiction. And so, there, and the reason I say this is I want to go to the extreme, right? What's more extreme than being a heroin addict, right? That's one of the most extreme things there is, one of the most extreme addictions. And yet, there's so many people every year that stop doing heroin. So again, how do we do that? This is where, this is where Program Yourself Thin is unique in terms of its approach to weight mastery is that, Programming of Stealth Thin was originally created by studying people that successfully lost weight and kept it off for at least two years. Okay? Um, so, well, someone says, thinking, of course, is part of it, just like substance abuse affects the same part of the brain. Yeah, exactly. And so how does someone go from being 
an addict to a reformed addict, right? To me, it's their change how they're thinking about things. And the simplest way I explain it, and this is simple, I understand I'm, I'm bringing it down to very simple concepts. There's more to it than this. But the basic idea I think of in terms of how someone goes from being an active addict to a reformed addict is where they're focusing their mental attention, okay? So I believe there's three phases of addictive behavior, anticipation, consumption, and consequence. And I believe when someone's actively addicted, they are primarily focused on the anticipation of getting the substance and the consumption of the substance. And that's where most of their energy is focused on. They're aware of the consequence, but they're usually putting it out of their mind and reducing their impact, their focus on it by focusing on the anticipation and consumption. And so when I work with people and what I've done is I have trained my attention to be more on the consequence. And this is my most simple explanation of how the difference between an active addict and a reformed addict is where is their attention at? And as we train our attention on the consequences, the physical, mental, emotional consequences of the addiction, things start to change. So this is my, my kind of, you know, 10,000 foot view on addictive mindsets. And I do think it's a mindset, right? Because I'm fascinated by people that are addicted to substances and then aren't or no longer behave that way, you know? For alcoholism and opioid addiction, the field is moving towards medically assisted. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But the medical, the medical um, only isn't ever going to work. I don't think. Maybe it will. You know what I mean? Maybe they'll come up with some medicine that completely can cure an addict. But um, what I always see, and I, I've watched tons of addiction recovery in every every form, there's always a mindset component to it. People have to learn how to manage the triggers that cause the problem in the first place. So if it's just medically assisted, again, assisted, great, okay? But ultimately, there's got to be a mindset component to it. You have got to learn how to be more aware of the things that trigger you, the emotions it brings up, the state it puts you in, and the behaviors that that creates. You have to understand the environmental triggers, right? This is what addiction um, recovery is all about, at least the mindset piece of it. So that's what I focus on with this here. Medically assisted helps the brain to think differently. Fair enough, fair enough. It certainly helps you biochemically. I mean, there's certainly a physical you know, impact of the medicine, no doubt about it. However, Cindy, what about all the millions of people that are no longer addicted to their substance of choice that had no medical assistance? How did they do it? You know, the brain's got to think differently, ultimately. How that goes about happening is, you know, there's, there's a ton of ways for that to happen and things that support it and all the rest of it. But there have been millions and millions and millions of people that have gone from being addicted to substances to not being addicted to them or at least acting as if they're, they're not addicted to them, however we want to define it. And so that's what Program Yourself Thin is really modeled on. It's modeled on a deeper, I reference drugs all the time because you know back in the 80s when we had the just say no to drugs concept, right? As if you could just say no, that's all, that's all you need. you know. And clearly we understand that as a superficial response to drug addiction. Um, however, when it comes to weight loss, to me, diets are basically just say no to food. Right? What, are you going to start your carb-free plan tomorrow and you're just going to start saying no to carbs starting tomorrow forever? Like if it was that easy, you would have already done it. There's obviously a lot more going on than just being able to say, oh, I'm just going to say no to food now. Tomorrow's Monday. I'm starting my diet. So from tomorrow on, I'm going to be able to say no to all the food. You know, Is food addiction a true addiction? 
That's a good question. I am not an addiction expert, so I, I don't feel comfortable answering that. For some people, it certainly feels like it. You know what I mean? I, I've worked with people where it sure presents like an addiction, you know? Um, I think most people are not technically addicted. I mean, we're all addicted to food, right? But it's how it shows up in the behavior. Um, but again, you could take the most, um, yeah, treatment support groups that reinforces thinking change, daily practice. Yeah, sure. Daily practice, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, and that's what I see. I mean, when you see people that were successfully reformed addicts from drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, gambling, whatever the, the, the thing is, that consistent new focus, I think, is very important. You know, no doubt about it. I think this is a huge part of why people struggle to lose weight. You have no support systems. Eating disorders have official diagnoses. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm not talking about eating disorders here, though. Okay, I'm talking about people that have relatively normal cognitive functions, um, but are struggling with their weight. You know, um, and for those people, what I've seen work is it's not some hardcore addiction. I mean, if you're not, you know, I, I guess you could, to some degree you could say, you know, obesity you know, to some degree starts moving towards that end of the spectrum. Um, but if you're not, if you're not morbidly obese, you're obese, heavyweight, um, you're probably not have some major addiction to food. You probably just, you need to change your mindset a bit. So it's not, it's not to that level for you. Um, but regardless, even if it was, again, the most, the most, the most addicted person to a substance, where's the line between normal and addiction? I don't know. I think like that's kind of for everyone to, to define. But that's an interesting question. I mean, I feel like at times in my life I felt addicted to things and now I don't. So I don't, you know, what's different? Again, if we always look at the people that successfully overcome addictions, people that successfully lose weight for good, it's always the same story. Every time, heroin, alcohol, cigarettes, food, it's always the same story that, that something changed in here. And I'm pointing to their brain. Because it's not a biochemical thing even. Right, so we can say medically assisted, okay, but what about all the people that didn't have any medical assistance? And they changed at what? They were they had the substance in their body, and at that point they made a decision to change. I know this is a, I know this is like um, it's gonna be a triggering conversation, and I'm gonna say something probably triggering, but I don't know how you argue with me about how it's not true that addiction and it's it is a disease on one hand but it's also the only disease that you can decide not to have anymore. And so I say this not to be um, tone deaf. You know, I say it because if we look at the people that successfully, we always tend to look at addiction and get fixated on that problem. And I, and I understand that, there's a need for that. But what about looking at people that overcome it? We know they exist too. And so I'm fascinated by those people because they wake up one day to some degree addicted and something changes. What changes? I don't know. That's all I can see is in their, is their mindset. And that's what my whole career has been, is, is watching people. Um, so cognitive change practices can create new neural pathways in the brain. Oh, absolutely. No, no doubt about it. There's no doubt about that. And that's what program yourself then. That's, that's exactly what it is. Um, there's really three components to the program. The first one is you're talking about the reinforcement daily. So I deliver the program through the phone and every day in the morning you get a five minute hypnosis session, you know? And the point of that is to create consistency, a, a comfortable, easy consistency. We don't wanna make it so hard that you, you can't keep it up or it's difficult. Five minutes in the morning, it's relatively easy. And now what you do is you start building this consistency of, oh, I'm this person. 
I start my day relaxed, calm, with all this positive stuff going into my head. Each session has a weight loss mantra in it. So I'm helping you to kind of slowly and systematically develop a thin and healthy mindset, you know? And so you get a session in the morning. There's a 10 minute session at night if you want to listen to that too and bookend your day. And there's a program yourself thin technique. This is a two minute self hypnosis technique you use to program your own subconscious mind to be the person you want to be. And it's exactly what you're saying. As you imagine yourself as the person you want to be, feeling, thinking, feeling, and behaving as the person you want to be consistently in the environments you find yourself in, you start creating new neural pathways of being that person in the environments you live in. And this is the path of making it near autopilot. Because my goal for my clients is. Uh, not just to lose weight, but to get to your goal weight and live the rest of your life there on near autopilot. Okay. And so in order to do that, oops, I'm trying to look for something. in order to do that, you, you need to have a different process than just knowing what to do. You need to have some process, some mechanism for installing what you know you should do into what you actually do. Okay. And so I believe that that process is that you are creating new neural pathways, new neural networks um, that allow you to think, feel, and act differently. And once they're there and they're solidified, right? So you think of neural pathways, right? First, we're creating them like this. Now that we created them, they're connected, but now we get to strengthen them. You know, we make them like a cable where they're thick. Now they start running on autopilot. And, and that's, the, that's the purpose of, um, the, that's the, the goal of programming yourself then is to internalize into your subconscious mind that behavior. One more example, just to clarify this. I think a lot of people walk around with conceptual knowledge and they're not very good at behavioral knowledge. And the example I like to use is writing with your hand. You have all the conceptual knowledge you need about how to write with your hand, but you only have the behavioral knowledge for one hand. And the conceptual knowledge does not translate into behavioral knowledge for the other hand. You see? So we can learn concepts. When it comes to weight loss, you're always learning theories and concepts and ideas. That's the easy part. The part that you have not figured out is how to take that conceptual knowledge and turn it into behavior, right? You try and force yourself through willpower to do this new thing, but you have no template. You have no strategy to make your new behavior automatically what you do almost as second nature. And that's the real goal here. Um, Joanne says, I think they just switched their addiction to something else, alcohol to food, food to gambling, gambling to shopping. Perhaps, Joanne, perhaps. Um, but and, and I'll take that because, I mean, to some degree, my addiction from food and, and alcohol got shifted over to health. So I, I couldn't disagree with that necessarily, you know, maybe. Um, but again, we want to choose the focus that's going to serve us best. You know, and then I, I would make this decision a million times over. Um, I think getting ad addicted and I, I said to, to, to prove the point that I'm not bullshitting here. I literally had a program called Addictive Health um, did not do well. People didn't like that framing. And, and I get it. I get it. But I feel I feel addicted to all my healthy stuff now. Um, I've been addicted to unhealthy things and I feel like I need my water, my sleep. I need all my healthy things now. It feels like I need them as much as I needed my unhealthy things. So I don't know. You know what I mean? Again, we, we get into the arguing about what the word addictive means and all that. And I don't want to do that. But the point being that, that I believe that you can get addicted to health in a healthy way. Okay. So there's that point too. I'm not addicted to health to the point that it's ruining my life. I, I'm very balanced because when I look at being addicted to health, I look at physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Where's the sweet spot for me? And so there's balance involved with that. 
to some degree. Um, honey, darling, good morning from New Zealand. That's awesome. How's it going? I always love to get different people. Um, what's my background? So my background is, you know, my story is, uh, you know, 30 years ago. I've been doing this for 30 years personally, 20 years professionally, uh, 30 years. <laughs> Joanne says most thin people I know either over drink, over pray or over shop. That's funny. Um, and that's fair enough. Fair enough. Cause I don't think, you know, just, just having, just losing weight doesn't fix everything anyways, you know? So fair enough, you know? Um, yeah, you got to pick your vices intelligently, I guess. You know what I mean? I, I guess that's up for each person to decide. But I think that's a good conversation to have too, is we all get to decide what we're going to be addicted to, to some degree, you know? And um, I guess we just have to pick the ones that are going to serve us best. <laughs> my background anyway. So yeah, so 30, 30 years I've been doing this. My, my story really starts... Um, really when I was nine, my dad died when he, when he was 54 of a heart attack and he was obese and, and he was, didn't have a healthy lifestyle. That was obviously the most traumatic thing that happened to me. So I'm never gonna let that happen to me. 10 years later, I was 50 pounds heavier. Um, I took a semester off from college and that is when the universe kind of smiled down on me. Uh, literally within a month, I was exposed to neurolinguistic programming, hypnosis, Tony Robbins, personal development, yoga, martial arts, meditation, guitar, literally all these things in like a month. And it was just absolutely transformative. And um, I was so excited about the results I was able to get um, and really relying on hypnosis, uh, neurolinguistic programming, yoga, meditation. These were huge. Martial arts was too back then because there was a lot of philosophy to it. Um, so there was all this this stuff happened to me and it just it transformed me from the inside out. That's all I can say. And so anyways, I was getting a degree in finance and investments but at the same time, I started on this path. So I ended up getting the degree. But then, you know, ultimately, I went and got certified master hypnotist, NLP trainer, yoga instructor, um, strategic coach, which Tony Robbins um, set up. Uh, and so I'm just obsessed with this stuff. And I've been doing this for 20 years, done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. And um, yeah, just always working on making it better. So yeah, always looking to make those distinctions that make the distinction, you know. Um, I think a key factor is how the behavior adversely affects how you function. Yeah, I, I agree. I would agree with that. You know, what are the effects of it? Um, honey, read Darling says, I realized I've lost 10 kilograms since the last time I've been on your live. Hey, nice job, honey. I was dedicated mentally after a hypnosis and it just all slipped away. Yeah, that's so great. I will take a screenshot of that. It's a nice one. Um, that's awesome. Joanne says, you have a great smile. Thank you for sharing your experience. Thanks, Joanne. Appreciate that. Uh, Mom paid a lot of money for these teeth. <laughs> She'd be happy to hear that. Uh, I got my kid. I, I got my kid braces, and uh, she'd never show her teeth. <laughs> so I smile like this. Well, that makes me crazy. All that money. So I try to show them off. <laughs> uh, that's awesome, honey, darling. That that's so good. Cause uh, that's how it is sometimes, you know. Like it's like the more relaxed and calm we get, the more we get our mindset right. You know. That's why I was trying to say that the number one thing impacting your weight is your mindset. You know, more than your, your biochemistry, your hormones, your insulin resistance, all that stuff, menopause, all of it. It's always your mindset is the biggest factor impacting your weight. And, um, you know, back to the question of addiction, even again, if we look at the most, you know, hardcore addictions, people have recovered from them. How do they do it? What changes? It's up in their head, the way they think about stuff. You know, I know it's a huge generalization, but it's where we start. That's where we start our story. Right. Because a lot of times when people want to lose weight, they're not starting with what's going on in their head. They're just forcing themselves to act in a new way. You know, and I just don't see that working. 
You know, diets have an 82 to 95% failure rate. It's not working. To me, just to tell you what to do, right? Because every, every weight loss thing is exactly the same in the sense that it's like, here you go, here's the plan. Here's how you gotta eat. Here's how you get exercise. Just follow it. That's not working. You know, we need more than that. And I think, you know, that, that's what I'm always aiming at on that level. Honey Darling says, yes, I pretended I was already skinny and living as I was already skinny. And one day I looked in the mirror, I was like, wow, honey, that's an awesome story. I want to take that too, because that's, that's a great testimonial. Um, I get these all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm always excited to hear them because it's, it's awesome. Listen, losing weight's fun for sure, but uh, it's way more fun when you do it in a way that's enjoyable. You know, most people just assume and experience weight loss as being this very miserable process, right? Deprivation, you know, stress, frustration, all these shitty things. That's why you're not doing it, you know? So when you find a path to lose weight that's comfortable and easy and feels better on day one, it's like hitting the lottery. You know, that's what I'm trying to say. Jody says, Tony Robbins. Uh-oh, I don't know what that face means. Tony Robbins, I get it. I, I know, you know, he's... You know, people like that, what are, what are you going to do, right? They're, they they elicit a strong response one way or the other. And I feel the same way about Tony. I, I love him. I really love him for, he was a, he provided a fork in the road for me at a time in my life that it was absolutely, I'm so grateful for coming across him. Do I agree with everything he says and does and, and who he is? No, right? But, but I'm not going to put that pressure on anyone. So I think with Tony Robbins, no doubt, if you look for the good in him, you're going to find a lot of it. I think he's done a lot of amazing stuff. Okay. And just like anyone, if you look for the bad stuff, you'll probably find that too, you know? Um, but, but I choose to focus on the good and he was just instrumental in helping me be right here where I am right now. And, um, I, I love him and <laughs> I really do. I'm a huge, huge fan. And I think, um, you know, but listen, you know, what was such a, a valuable thing for me I was just talking about the martial arts piece. The martial arts piece was so important for me because it wasn't just like, I wasn't just doing like karate or kung fu. I was learning, um, Bruce Bruce Lee was literally a martial artist. A lot of people don't know this. He wasn't just like a movie star. Um, he was legit a martial artist, a really good one. And he was a philosophy major in college. And so he came up with a concept called Jeet Kune Do. That was his martial art philosophy style and basically the idea is that he would study anything he'd study kung fu boxing fencing any fighting system at all and he would take what works discard the rest and that philosophy i have been living for 30 years and it has served me very well because i no longer have to take an entire philosophy or strategy or idea as a whole i can take the parts that work for me discard the rest in service of creating a one-of-a-kind plan that works for me and so that is, um, so I do that even with Tony. I do I everything he says. No, of course not. You know what I mean? Um, but there are things he has said that have been absolutely transformative for me. And um, I'm thankful to him for it, you know? But that that's a, it relieves a lot of pressure because I've just learned from so many different philosophies and people and things like that. And some of these people kind of suck on one hand and then they're great on another. You know, I find everyone's good and bad. Everything is good and bad. And so, you know, I, I attempt to, you know, find the good from it discard the stuff I don't agree with or don't like. But um, yeah, I'm a big fan. But all right, I'm gonna get out of here. Got a lot of work going on. A lot of good stuff going on behind the scenes. I'm really super duper excited. You guys, and, and again, people in the program, I might do that right now actually as I got the new um, the new blueprints are up um, for the, the mindset ones are up. I'm gonna re-record the eating ones and then I got the reader rehearsal technique. I'm redoing that, but that, that'll all be in the membership. I'm gonna put the membership this one now. Uh, my partner has also lost over 10 kilograms. We've been together for 10 years. 
but his face looks different. What's that mean? It looks different. It looks slimmer. I mean, 20 pounds, that's pretty, again, depending on where you're starting from, that can be pretty considerable. It doesn't look like the person I fell in love with. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Um, is that good or bad? <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. Hey, what, do you, what can you say, man? Sometimes there's, there's not, sometimes you lose weight. It's not all positive. Sometimes there's other weird little things you got to deal with, you know? I'm relearning. Oh, geez. All right. Okay. Hey, that happens, right? You've been with them for 10 years. That's a, that's a long time. You know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta re, re-fall in love, right? But Liz is healthier now. So I hope that, I hope that's a good thing, right? Um, but that's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Awesome. Thank you. All right, everyone. Um, listen, if you, if you have not yet, go to my bio, click the link at the hypnosis session uh, that I give you. Uh, it's a customized session. It's called the New Thin Me. It is a kickstart session, 10 minutes, listen to it, and you'll make better food choices over the next couple of days without doing anything else. Um, that's free. And um, then there's a training I give you as well, Three Steps to Master Your Weight. Again, free. Go watch it. It's about a half hour, and um, it'll give you a completely new approach to dealing with your weight. All right. Um, user, bunch of numbers, says, please help. I have no willpower to lose weight. Every day I want to try, then I give up. Please help. Um, yeah, okay, so you're the perfect person. Uh, go to my bio, click the link, and get the hypnosis session I give you, but most importantly is watch the training I give you, okay? I get it. You're caught in the same loop that everyone gets in with the weight loss where you think about weight loss as dieting. You've tried dieting hundreds of times. It's never working, and so now you're apathetic, right? Your subconscious mind says, what's the point? Even if we succeed, we lose. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so what you need to do, user the bunch of numbers is you need to approach this in a new way. This is probably true for all of you. You have to stop thinking about dieting to lose weight and you have to change the framing, change the narrative. And the narrative shift is to stop focusing on losing weight and start focusing on mastering your weight. Um, you don't just want to lose weight. You want to get back to your goal weight and then you want to live the rest of your life at your goal weight on near autopilot. That's a different goal. It's articulated more accurately and it's what you actually want. And so your subconscious mind loves that because your subconscious mind is extremely literal, okay? So we need to change where our goal is aiming us at. And your goal right now is almost guaranteed. I just want to lose weight. That's not actually true. You don't just want to lose the weight because you don't want to put it back on right after you lose it, right? So you need to articulate your goal in a longer term time frame, And so again, saying I want to get back to my goal weight and then live the rest of my life in my goal weight on near autopilot is much more accurate. It's much more specific and it orients your subconscious mind towards what you actually want. And this causes you to come up with better strategies, strategies that are built for you to get to your goal weight and stay there. The diets are usually built to get you to your goal weight and then you put the weight back on. Okay, so again, the goal's got to be better articulated. We don't we, losing weight's not enough, folks. You've all lost weight before, right? Then you put it back on. Are you happy you lost the weight, or are you mad that you put it on? You're mad that you put it on. Okay, so you got to shift your focus from wanting to lose weight to wanting to live at your goal weight. Hope that makes sense. And so, if you understand what that I'm saying, if this is making any sense to you, user, um, bunch of numbers there, then please go watch the training because it's about a half hour. Or so, but I break the whole concept down for you to make it more useful because right now I'm just kind of bouncing all over the place all right um so yeah go watch that training if you're um not on tiktok you can go to programyourselfthin.com and you can get that hypnosis session and training for free as well 
And uh, you can listen to the podcast. Podcast is Program Yourself Then on all the major platforms. Go check it out. Go listen to it. And uh, if you enjoy it, leave a review. So, all right, everyone. Have a super day, and we'll talk soon. Bye.